All right, folks, it's the Jeff Thidoff Show. I'm Tito Jeff Thidoff. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Thit Happens. Got a lot to talk about today. Um, I want to start off with the um, the Flores lawsuit in the NFL. And, um, you know, it's scary for the NFL because a lot of what Brian Flores is saying are, are things that people have thought for years has gone on in the NFL. And um, we'll start off with the first part about what he said about the sham interviews, he, is what he referred to it in Denver when – he said the Broncos uh, contingency and John Elway showed up late and apparently hung over and uh, didn't really take the interview seriously. And then more recently, when uh, a couple days before he's supposed to interview for the Giants job and Bill Belichick texts him and says, congrats on getting the job, Brian. And uh, then it turns out Brian Dabble was hired, meaning that uh, Flores felt like his interview was nothing more than just a way to satisfy the Rooney rule that the NFL has. And, you know, it's a tricky situation when you have this going on where there's a rule that you have to interview a certain number, a certain amount of minorities, uh, people of color, before you make your decision. Um, you're going to see sham interviews sometimes. If, if a team doesn't want to hire a minority, they're not going to. And I'm not sure you can force that. Uh, it, it's it's difficult to enforce it because teams just say, well, this guy seems more qualified. This guy meshed better in the interview. They have different ways they can get around it. But the, the problem is the bigotry with some of these owners and organizations in the NFL. So um, I, I think a lot of what Flores is saying has some merit. And uh, I, I don't know how to get around. The only way you get around having to have the Rooney rule is to make sure you hire or make sure you um, bring in owners that are not going to do this. And that's a difficult thing to figure out because sometimes you might bring the guy in thinking this guy is going to be um, a solid owner who's not going to do anything wrong, who's going to uh, represent the league well, represent the team well and not know what he feels in his heart or her heart, depending on how this may be. But the fact that only one head coach in the NFL right now that's of color among the 32 teams is uh, alarming. And But it's the way it's been. It's um, And I want to move on to the tanking part of it now, where he said he was um, offered bonuses uh, by owner Stephen Ross to lose games, $100,000 per game to try to improve their draft stock. And, um, you know, the, the NFL, you can't, avoid actually I think about it. you can't avoid tanking I'll tell you you can avoid tanking is you reverse the draft order based on teams that miss the playoffs and you take the team that's got the best record among those that miss the playoffs and give them the first pick in the draft and give the team with the worst record the bottom pick before playoff teams uh, jive into it so the top the 18th pick then goes to the worst team in the draft and uh, the number one pick goes to the team that finished uh, you know with the best record among non-playoff teams. That's how you can fix tanking. But tanking right now, the way it is, I know you can't incentivize coaching staffs to tank games, but teams tank anyway. They do. They might not do it to the point where they're paying the coaches to do it and encouraging that, but you can look at the way teams uh, – look at the, the team the Browns put on the field against the Steelers the last week of the season, and someone's to avoid some injuries and some meaningless things, and you're like, well, this guy, the season's over. So that's tanking still. Now, granted, because you're not putting your best players out there. If the game was, if the game against the Steelers really meant something, uh, or if the game against the Bengals, last game of the season for the Browns, that really meant something, <laughs> Baker Mayfield would be out there. But because it doesn't mean anything, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't play against the Bengals, and so um, it's. But you are incentivizing already. The NFL already incentivizes teams to lose because if you lose enough, you'll get the first or second or third pick in the draft. So there's a reason to do that. That's why you need to flip it around. Um, you need to make it so the, the best team that didn't make the playoffs gets that first pick. 
And the more you win, the higher you're going to be in that hierarchy. Even if you're not a playoff team, the more you win, the higher you're going to be in the hierarchy for the draft pick. That's how you fix the the, uh, the problem with the incentivizing the, or the, the tanking that you see at the end of the seasons. Now, um, it's, it is something that needs to be addressed in the NFL as far as all these things Flores has. It's going to bring a lot of things to light. You're going to see a lot of people that you may not have known have had these ulterior motives. Um, you're going to see that, yeah, they actually did. Um, Hugh Jackson said the Browns did the same thing with him. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, there's He said he's got the, the proof, but he hasn't provided it yet. So we'll see about that one. But certainly um, it has been, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you're better off losing as many of your games as you possibly can in order to get a high draft pick. That's the way it is in the NFL. And uh, the NBA has fixed it a little bit, HL, with the lottery. I don't – the lottery still, though, is is not the most perfect way to do it because teams that lose more still have a better shot. But I say NFL makes a bold statement here and says, you know what, the team that uh, just misses the playoffs, they get the first pick in the draft. All right, let's move on to other NFL news, the head coaching news. Uh, Jim Harbaugh on National Signing Day for Michigan left to go to Minnesota for a job interview. Didn't get the job for whatever reason. Uh, look, I think Harbaugh's kind of a dick for the way he did it. Um, but I, I think it was I think it was petty, but I think also it was payback for him because um, although in, in the end he ends up going back to Michigan, so that must mean Minnesota didn't offer him the job or didn't offer him enough money or whatever the reason was. They haven't said exactly why. Harbaugh's not said exactly why he didn't uh, he decided to go back to Michigan. But um, the, the Vikings already decided to hire the Rams offensive coordinator, it looks like, after the Super Bowl. But – Harbaugh did this. I think it's a petty thing. I think he's pissed about last year when they, um, the previous offseason when they made him take a pay cut. Um, and they, granted, they gave him incentive, incentivized bonuses based on how well Michigan did, but they essentially made him take a pay cut to stay on with the job. And he did it. And uh, I think, I, I personally think if Harbaugh had been offered an NFL job that he liked, he would have taken it. Um, but now he goes back to Michigan, which is probably the best case scenario for Michigan. But because I don't know who Michigan would have gotten or could have gotten that would have been better right now for the Wolverines. Um, that being said, I do think this will hurt Michigan in the future if he keeps fishing for NFL jobs in the offseason. If he decides, you know what, that's it. I'm going to Michigan. I'm going to sign this. Uh, I'm going to try to sign a new three or four or five-year deal, whatever, but locks me into Michigan no matter what, where I'm not going to go take an NFL job. That would say something, but I don't know if Harbaugh or Michigan is interested in doing that right now. Um, Michigan's set up for another big season next year. They've got a decent recruiting class. They've got some talent coming back, and uh, their non-conference schedule is a joke. It's like Hawaii. I think Colorado State might be on there or Utah State, something like that. Anyway, they've got a joke of a non-conference schedule. Um, they'll be challenged again in the Big Ten, obviously, and this year will have to play at Ohio State. Uh, but I, I think that Harbaugh, what he did was petty and was not very smart to do this, to go on National Signing Day and do this. doesn't look like right now it's affecting Michigan too much as their recruiting goes. But it could have a ripple effect if he does this again next year. Um, Sean Payton leaves the Saints, and he kind of did the Saints dirty because he look um, he leaves them at rock bottom. They are in salary cap hell, and they don't have a quarterback on their roster that they can count on. Um, Payton, you know, uh, the reason that Taysom Hill got the deal he got, which is worth at least forty million potentially, and up to like ninety four million, depending on how much how much he plays quarterback, is a lot because of the way Sean Payton used him. And now Peyton leaves, and the team is just it, they've got a decent defense, but Michael Thomas is not um, happy with the Saints. And like I said, they're they're way over the salary cap. They got they don't really have a quarterback on their roster, a quarterback they can rely on. I don't think so. 
Um, I understand why Sean Payton did it, though. I mean, it's now's the time to get out before things get worse. Um, I, I think if the Cowboys wanted to hire Sean Payton, this was their best chance. They brought back McCarthy. Um, and now you're in a situation where, let's say McCarthy, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys have a decent year this year, better than last year. Say they say they win 12 games, they go 12 and 5, and they win a playoff game or two. You can't fire McCarthy then and bring Peyton in. And Peyton, after one year, might be like, I want to get back into coaching. If the Cowboys wanted Peyton, they should have made it happen now. By waiting now, there's a chance that they won't be able to hire Sean Peyton because McCarthy does so well um, that they, they can't move on from him. So, And then somebody else will jump in and take Sean Payton, who I think is an offensive genius, but you know he's one of these guys who benefited from having a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, played the Dome a lot of times in a weaker division, not so much the last couple of years, but a weaker division for a lot of years. And so um, it, it was an ideal situation for Sean Payton, and uh, he got out at the right time. When I say he did them dirty, I don't mean he did anything necessarily that wrong or anything, but I just think that he, um, uh, he left them when they're at the bottom and uh, the the Taysom Hill situation, I got to believe that um, Sean Payton had something to do with the type of contract Taysom Hill signed, and now he leaves, and Taysom Hill, you know, the next guy that comes in might not want Taysom Hill quarterback at all, which lowers Taysom Hill's contract value if he's not playing quarterback. Tom Brady retired. Um, we know about that. And, uh, you know, the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. But now becomes a question, what does Tampa Bay do? They have a, um, they obviously have, uh, you know, Chris Godwin is, an, is, a, is a free agent, the wide receiver. Do they want to spend money now to re-sign him without the quarterback situation being settled? Leonard Fournette is also a free agent. Um, you know, there, there's a few names that have been thrown out there. Uh, Carson Wentz is one of them. I know that uh, Bruce Arians was enamored with Wentz when he came out in the NFL draft. And I, I don't think Wentz is the best choice, but I think that if anybody getting out of, out of Carson Wentz to where, uh, to the level he played when he first started off in the NFL, I think it's Bruce Arians in that offense. If you have Carson Wentz there and he's throwing to Evans and Godwin, um, you got a decent running game back and all those studs on, on defense. I, I think that's the best scenario for Wentz. It might be the best scenario available uh, for Tampa Bay. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, if the Raiders move on, Carr's an option, too, they could look at, although it would be tricky with the salary for him as well. Uh, Jameis Winston, maybe a um, a low-cost type guy that you could bring in. You know, Winston had a, a pretty big year before Brady got there. Um, as far as yards goes, he had blood league interceptions, and that was his big downfall. But maybe Winston. I don't think you'll see Aaron Rodgers there. Because I don't think Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he wants to wants to be in Tom Brady's shadow on that one. If he gets there, and if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, it's like, well, hey, Brady won a Super Bowl with these guys. And if he does win a Super Bowl, it's okay, yeah, of course he did. Brady won a Super Bowl. Look how talented they are. So um, although Rodgers' best chance for winning a Super Bowl might be going to Tampa Bay, I, I don't see it happening. It'd be fun to watch. I think Rodgers would do better than Brady did this past year with that offense. If, if uh, you know, if Godwin's back and Evans and they've got those guys, I think that Rodgers would surpass what Brady did this year and probably lead them to a Super Bowl. But I don't see him wanting to do that. Uh, let's move on to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And the voting that came out, I, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, David Ortiz gets in, and uh, the guys that are off the ballot now are Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, and Schilling. 
Uh, A-Rod doesn't come close. And let me tell you what I think has happened here. Now, Ortiz obviously has caught uh, some kind of flack because he allegedly tested positive before uh, for PEDs. And um, although after everything came out and it, it's, it was not 100% that this was true, but Ortiz certainly was named um, in the Mitchell report on that. So uh, that was a bit of a black eye there. But Ortiz, you know, did not, he did not test positive like A-Rod did and was not um, scrutinized as heavily or thought of to be using steroids and PEDs as much as Bonds, Clements, and Sosa were. The reason Bonds doesn't get in, one, because he's a jerk and baseball writers didn't like him. And I hate when people say, oh, he's a Hall of Fame player before the steroids. I don't want to hear that because you know what? Uh, before HGH, I should say, or the PEDs. You know, Eric Davis was a Hall of Famer too before he got hurt. If he'd used HGH and gotten himself back into shape and could have stayed healthy, he would have been a Hall of Famer. So Eric Davis would have a Hall of Famer too if he could have stayed healthy or used HGH. Bonds, you can say all that you want, but his career might not have gone the way it did if it weren't for the um, substances he put in his body. On top of that, what Bonds did that was that is the, the biggest crime for me, one of the biggest crimes, is he ruined the hallowed records of baseball fans. I'm an older guy. Younger guys might not care about the numbers that much, but people from my age and older, uh, the baseball records, the numbers are what meant everything. You knew. 755 was Hank Aaron's record. You knew 61 was Roger Maris' single-season home run record before McGuire and Sosa blew it up and then Bonds on top of that. And what Bonds did now is that that, Hank Aaron is one of the most important players in the history of Major League Baseball. And his number, the, the number 755, was something that was held in high esteem. And it was a not only a great player with a great number that did it, but a man of great integrity. And Bond smashed through it by cheating, and uh, he's not the kind of player that I want. I still recognize Hank Aaron as a home run king. Call me stubborn, whatever you want to say, but I'm telling you, um, I, I think that plays into part of the other reason that, that there's hate on Bonds. If Bonds had come up considerably short, I I don't think it would have gotten in, but I think it would have been closer than this. Uh, Clemens, his just lying about it. And then, you know, he won a lot of signing awards too, more signing awards than anybody. And that also plays into this. So he was somebody else who, um, who tarnished records uh, with what Clemens did. Sosa, you know, all the home runs that he hit the, you know, he routinely went over 60 home runs. And uh, the fact that he also played dumb about things, I see you hitting an A-Rod doesn't get in because he uh, tested positive and was suspended. And he was just a, a general jerk too about the way he lied about his steroid use as well. So, you know, Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, and now Kurt Schilling, who's not in for other reasons because of some of the uh, political stances and some of the um, social media things that he posted. That's why Schilling didn't get in. But uh, those four, Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, Schilling, can all get in later on through a veterans committee or the different committees they have out there for additional players. Uh, A-Rod, he didn't get close to the amount of votes he needed on his first year, and he won't. Uh, he will not get in, in my opinion. I don't think A-Rod, A-Rod Cook and I guess with a veteran committee later on, but that's a long ways down the road. All right, that's it for me. Uh, this has been the Jeff Thidoff Show. I am Tito Jeff Thidoff. You can find me on Twitter.